0: It is Monday, October 12th, and you are listening to, or perhaps watching, here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. I'm Andrew Ryan. In the studio today we have Leslie Liao. Hello! It is the two-man show. Um, I like our Mondays. Might
1: as well be a ten-man show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) With the uh, amount of energy we're bringing you today and the amazing stories, I say why not. Uh, So, a big hello to everyone who is watching live on... Our Facebook page, Uh, if you are tuning in via radio, we'd like to invite you to also catch us visually on the RTI English Facebook page. Uh, Also, if you are watching, drop us a message below. We would love to hear from you. Say hi to us. Um... In our show today, we're going to be talking a little bit about the National Day celebrations which went up this past weekend, which Leslie Liao was hosting for RTI. We're going to check in with him and see how that went. Also, the BBC labeled Taiwan as Pyongyang during the National Day. That's awkward. (laughs) Um, Also, we've got a cool train design to show you. Um, We're going to tell you the amazing amount of money the Taipei Police give back. Um, Lost money that people return to people every year. Well, I guess that's this past year, yeah? Yes. And uh, if we have time, we're going to tell you about the longest rainbow I've ever heard of and a really disgusting, very expensive rock. (laughs) (laughs) If that's not selling the story, I don't know what is. I'll be telling you why it's disgusting in a little bit. Oh, all that and more in today's here in Taiwan. Don't go away. Let's get things started with a little recap of what happened this past weekend, just so we have our terminology correct. This was the 109th anniversary of the Republic of China, which is the official name of Taiwan's government. It was founded in Main china in mainland china yes in uh what city oh no nanjing no 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 i think it was a peking something something we'll find the answer for you i'm sorry uh leslie's dad if you're watching that was my fault i i pushed him into that he's he's retired he's he's not on the hook for that anymore we weren't planning on talking about this but here we are (laughs) so it's founded in 1911, 1911 went into effect in 1912 Is that correct?
1: That's what it says right here. Um, I have absolutely no idea. It does
0: not say the location. It was founded in China. It has since moved to Taipei. Yes. So not to be confused with the People's Republic of China or PRC. We're talking about the ROC. um, Big event uh, in front of the presidential office this year. Uh, how did it go? You did the live kind of translation of all those speeches, which I think is amazing. All power to you and Ali.
1: Um, yeah, it's my third time doing a simultaneous translation uh, interpretation for RTI. I think the first time was last year's National Day celebrations. I also did it for Tsai's uh, second term inauguration. And then the third time was this time. And, um... It's, it, it basically went the same as last year, and the thing you really got to look out for whenever Ty's taking the podium, she speaks really fast.
0: She doesn't go slowly. She's no. not taking her time. Like, She's got a
1: lot of things to say. Some people like to like pause for effect. You know, mm-hmm. some people like to emphasize, not her, she's just going. The, the entire <laughs> time, she's just going. Like, why do they even bother
0: having paragraphs and periods? Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but you guys did a pretty good job. I was pretty impressed. Thank you. Um, and uh, the the whole thing went off without a hitch. Um, any special memorable moments from the live broadcast or the ceremonies that happened later or before it? Um, well, this year, obviously,
1: the... The, the emphasis that you want to put is Taiwan's, like, pandemic prowess, right? So, you had the the pandemic heroes, as we like to call them, Fang Yi Ying Xiong, doing the singing of the National Anthem. And then the parade started off with 100 medical workers getting ferried through with, like, it wasn't like Hummers, but, like, it was giant
0: military trucks. That's so exciting. Yeah. I, we were talking about this earlier uh, in the run-up to the actual National Day celebrations. We saw a lot of, you know, flyovers. Mm-hmm you know, which scared everybody uh, to death in Taipei City. Um, But it was just practice, right? I
1: mean, it happened like, (laughs) it happened. I remember, I distinctly remember it happening at 6.41 in the morning, I think on Thursday, the Thursday leading up to it. And I was just like, "Oh my goodness!" I thought, I thought, I thought something totally
0: different was happening. Why today? Why, why, why now of all? Why of all, now times? of all days? Right? Because we've had a lot of jet flyovers from China crossing the midline in the uh, Taiwan Strait. Yeah, a lot of uh, Taiwanese jets have been scrambled to uh, respond to those incursions. Um, so you know, we're all a little bit touchy. You know, just a these little past bit. couple of months. So, I'm looking up here on uh, Wikipedia. I know this is maybe not, like, the the best source for looking these things up, but, hey, it's not bad. Uh, it says on December 29th, 1911, Sun Yat-sen was elected president by the Nanjing Assembly. Nanjing? Yeah, I which consisted was. of representatives from 17 provinces. Then on January 1st, 1912, he was officially inaugurated and pledged to overthrow the despotic government led by the Manchu uh, consolidate the Republic of China and plan for the welfare of the people. Things maybe didn't go as planned. Um, the government ended up here in Taipei, which is not something they had envisioned at the time. Of course, that was also like, what, 30 years later? 35? 1911 I, I, you know. I think your history is more on point. Oh, I don't know about that. Point. Point. I don't know about that, Leslie. Um, but we do want to tell you about something very interesting that happened uh, on another media outfit, You know, we try to get things right. We understand when other media outfits don't necessarily get things right. But there was a big blunder uh, that happened during the National Day celebrations, uh, courtesy of uh, the Beeb, the BBC. Would you believe it?
1: (laughs) Um, I personally was flabbergasted when it happened. Did you... you would you know why the BBC would do something like that? Or well, we like, should explain what happened. Yeah, they, okay. They, they had Sorry.
0: images of the parade. I mean, it's so flabbergasted. We we need to step they, back. They
1: they they were giving live images of the National Day celebrations in Taipei. And on the top left, they usually tell you where city they're coming from, right? And the city that they wrote was Pyongyang, which is North Korean capital, not the capital of Taiwan. Ooh, I, Awkward. It, I, I believe there might be something on, on October 10th that the, the North Korea does celebrate, though.
0: Well, I think they were doing a military parade of their own. They were doing some kind of big thing, and it was totally closed to foreigners. So, it was kind of a big story. Um, I don't know the specifics about that story, but it was definitely... I mean there was something else that was happening that was similar in another part of Asia but actually quite far away.
1: Okay, it's called the Party Foundation Day also happens on October 10th. Okay. So, it's it's I guess it's when the uh the ruling party established itself in North Korea. And I guess oh man, I just I don't know which producer was in charge of something like that, but there are images. I mean, we have images. We're not just making this up on um Yes. On, 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 online. Wait, can I show
0: you these images? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Um, let me just find them for a second here. Actually, I want to pop over to some of the people who are leaving uh, comments below. Eugene Smith says, I feel that the ROC can trace its origins to the Wuchang uprising in Wuhan. You are correct. That's, Absolutely. That's, Eugene knows his history. I'm going to like that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we have here, uh, Jen Delari is watching. Hi, Jen. Hey, Jen. She says, the American Blue Angels fly over Seattle every year for the SeaFest. And when I lived near Lake Washington and was a day sleeper, I had a night job. And when they practiced, they'd go right over our house. So, I totally understand why that is so scary, especially if you're half asleep. This is very true.
1: I mean, jet jet fighters are so much louder than...
0: Oh, yeah. Or is it because they're flying so close to the ground? Both. They're actually naturally much louder.
1: Actually, you got to realize that the distance from the presidential office to my house is still a good few kilometers. Mm -hmm. But... I mean, I guess to make that distance to a to a jet fighter, that was like a three to five second um, difference for the for the for the jet pi- for the pilot,
0: right? Yeah, absolutely. Because he's moving so fast. Um, so I just want to show you. Uh, here is one of the shots. Um, so you can see this is a screen capture from the actual moment when they were uh, broadcasting on the BBC. Um, I actually have some more pictures I'll show you here. Um, and while I'm looking for those, we also want to say hello to uh, Andrea Wong from the Spanish Service, who's also tuning in. She
1: said, I love the
0: National Days program, but the Spanish
1: Service had their own broadcast. They, that they did. Do, I
0: think. So they, they did. They were busy.
1: And that's got to be even more impressive too, to me to like translate between Chinese and Spanish.
0: Wait, is it farther away than
1: Chinese and English? <laughs> I mean, I if, I, I guess because they're both foreign languages to me. So, I'm just like, oh, Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's insane. Like, to me, I, I don't know how it would have felt if I saw that. But like, when I saw it on Twitter, it was trending. I was like, okay.
0: I don't know. Is it, I mean, is it one of those things where like, just, we know that a military parade is happening somewhere in Asia, so we're just going to assume it because we didn't hear about any other military parades happening? Or is it, I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to tell. They, they look just so different to me. North Korea and Taipei, but but then again, I live here. So, you know, what do I know? I mean,
1: I guess if on any day, Taiwan would remotely resemble North Korea, I guess it would be National Day because there was all those, all the military were there, right? The military presence was very, very strong. You That's had, correct. Uh, the, uh, the land forces, the Navy, and um, you also had the Air Force. You had helicopters, jet fighters, which is... The only really things we see from North Korea coming out coming out of North Korea publicly,
0: that's true. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start um, a new thread uh, for people who are watching, and we're going to just toss uh, some of the uh, different things uh, that are uh, we're linking to in our program into that thread. This is actually these are some pictures from Lazy Works. That's a Z at the end of that. Lazy um, Works on Twitter, uh, who sent some pictures. Um, of the uh, I guess the, the misdescription um, description of um, Taipei as being part of Pyongyang. So I'm just gonna uh, leave that uh, a little link to that. We're multitasking. Can you tell guys? we're multi multitasking here today. Um, but we're gonna go on to another story now. Yeah, let's keep going. Let's keep going, keep this party going. okay we're gonna talk a little bit now about a very cool train design uh this is uh, a taiwanese train design that was one of the winners at japan's good design award and as you might guess i have some more pictures to show you uh this is very cool um basically they they designed these cool cars um which were inspired by the uh scenery uh, that you can see as you're going by uh, some beautiful scenery in Taiwan. Here's a look at the outside of the train. How cool is this? That is a sexy looking train. It is a black and orange looking train. Is that any different from the usual TRA trains? Because I think orange is a TRA color, right? That is true. That nice black uh, color on it gives it a bit of a pop. But what's really special about it is I'm going to show you some pictures of the inside... Of these cars, uh, and I would love to uh, take a little ride on this. Is it part of the cruise liner? Like it's a, it's a cruise train? Like it is a cruise train? It's not a regular service. Uh, so this would be like for kind of like a special uh, trip for I guess. Groups could maybe book the train, uh, special one-off trips. You know, it's, it's, it's so interesting to
1: like need to explain like it's a cruise train, right? So, it's like they, they take the concept of a, of a cruise liner that you might take to like maybe the Caribbean or something mm-hmm. and they, they just put it in a train.
0: That's right. Uh, I, you know, automatically whenever I think of cool trains like this, I think of uh, Murder on the Orient Express. So, maybe some local TV station here in Taiwan would like to um, maybe write a script about something that happens on one of these trains. I'm not suggesting an actual murder, of course. Crisis on the cruise liner. Oh, I like it. You've got that alliteration going there, Leslie. Uh, that's all I really know how to do. But I would love to actually write a uh, like a uh, like a radio play. I think a radio play of like some kind of dramatic event happening on one of these trains would just be. It'd be pretty awesome, I Uh, think. Such a comfortable looking train, though, with the sofas and stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, So, this won an award. uh, And I want to tell you a little bit about the award that it won. It's a Japanese award, which is called the 2020 Good Design Award. It's the first time a Taiwanese train has ever been honored. That's a very straightforward name. Yes. for an award, the, the the 2020 Good Design Award. Not beating around the bush with that. Yeah. Straight to the point. Why can't the
1: Oscars just be called the Good Movie Award,
0: you know? <laughs> I like your ideas. It's just, I'm, I'm on fire today. What are you going to do? You should get into branding, Leslie. <laughs> we should call this the Good Radio Show that's from exactly Taiwan. That's it is,
1: you know? <laughs> just no, no fluff, no
0: no leaving anything to imagination. Just tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. That's the first uh, order of business in journalism, right? Uh, that's what my dream journals and profs told me in college so this train just to go back to this train for a moment this redesign of the 70 year old train it was carried out by a company called taiwanese firm jc architecture Mm -hmm. the theme autumnal winds which i love they've got wooden flooring blue and white seats um, and they try to complement as i said the scenery outside the windows uh, with warm natural and comfortable design And the black and orange exterior uh, harkens back to an older era of Taiwanese trains. Wow. Um, So, at any rate, that is that. I think we should uh, find a way to get a little trip on this train uh, and share you a little bit more about it firsthand. Or I, I still think we should dramatize it. Just do it. All right. Uh, the police are handing out money. No, <laughs> the police are returning lost money. Well, yeah, and it's, it's, you know,
1: that's one of the things I admire about Taiwan. You know, um, in my experience, any other country, that money would have just been gone.
0: Yes. So, I mean, we see all these stories all the time in the media. People yeah. lose money, they lose a computer, mm-hmm. a wallet, a cell phone. And a lot of the stories that are most widely reported in the media are of Foreigners yeah. who lose it. Mm-hmm. Because this obviously is, is very exciting for those of us who are from countries where you lose something and it's gone.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but in
1: Taiwan, like, I don't know what, like, do people have a, a conscience? Like, a, like, I don't want to say, like, you don't have a conscience, if right. you don't return the money. But <laughs> What like, are you saying about me, Leslie? I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> but okay, here's, here's the story it's that police returned 50 million new Taiwan dollars, which is 1.73 million US dollars in lost money. Just last
0: year mm-hmm, that's amazing.
1: And, and to the fact that like you have 1.73 million dollars getting turned into the police at all is 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 a major achievement. but get this uh, last year it was able to return
0: eighty percent of what is what it found. 80% of 80%. what it found. So, they were able to track down the people who had lost the, the money. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times with money, like, there's nothing on it that says that you were the one that lost it, right? No, yeah. So, like, how are they going to... If it's your wallet or your cell phone, like, there are clues, like, to as to who lost it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And um, they say the police annually recover between $50 million to $60 million anyway. So, this isn't, like, a new record or anything. This is just, like, oh, par for the course. But to me... This is amazing, and um, you know, I think I think I contributed maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars of this money. Wait, you lost
0: one hundred, hundred fifty? No, no, no! Like
1: I returned like a hundred because I found like a little, <laughs> I found like a little purse, right? on the side of the street and then I looked on the inside it was like little pink I was like this looks like it belongs to a high schooler I'm like I don't feel like I want to take money from a high schooler but if it was
0: an adult's wallet it would be gone
1: (laughs) I mean depends on how nice it was but it was across the street from a police station and then I just walked in I was just like I found this wallet and they're just like uh, do you want a receipt? Because I guess if no one claims it after a certain while, mm-hmm. I would be able to just take it, but I'll just just, just, just take it, man. That's very kind of Bunch, you. I appreciate Bunch that. But you loose change. Last year, there were more than 50,000 incidents where people lost money. Mm-hmm. And in the majority of the cases, the money was found on its own, not even in a wallet, purse, or any type of case.
0: Wow! So
1: like you just have loose change and loose change, and like you just dollar bills flying around the city so, in this country.
0: So what we're relying on is somebody actually going into the the police stations and being like, "I lost um, five thousand NT." <laughs> yeah. And the police police just they just have this big
1: <laughs> bucket of lost money. They're just like, "Here you go."
0: You're you go i think we found it
1: wow and then it's um yeah (laughs) and uh the most the money is found in the form of an easy card so i guess they're they're counting easy cards as well which is our bus pass and our um our like train pass system but Mm -hmm. you but those that's as good as cash because you can exchange it for goods and services just all the same that's true that's true
0: at select places that do it I guess if it's an easy card, that that actually is attached to a person though, right? So, it's probably easier to determine that this person... Definitely is the one that lost it, yeah, they're right? Yeah,
1: like some, some easy cards are registered to people, some aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say about 60,000 lost easy cards are found annually. And that, that amounts
0: to about 5 million new Taiwan dollars. Amazing. 5 million new Taiwan dollars. That's like, uh, uh, I don't know, nearly 200,000 US dollars. I think, yeah, it's about 150,000, if my quick math is anything. I, my quick math is nothing. So <laughs> I hope your quick math is something. Hey, I want to say uh, Jen Response says, I'm giving Leslie the 2020 Good Citizen Award for returning hey, that order. I like that. <laughs> for that purse. Very nice. Uh, big hi to Parami Rung Lem uh, Lem Tongkau, uh who's also watching as well. Hi. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Eugene Smith, a little bit of extra information. It says the... the oh, whoa. This cool. is actually from both um, Eugene and from Jen Delari. Apparently... Uh, the DPRK, their national day also, uh, is, wait, no, sorry. Jen is saying it's uh, also October 10th. So, there is a connection. Okay. Is that right? I think so.
1: Well, like the, he says, uh, Eugene Smith is saying the Junchae calendar and the Minguo calendar both start in 1912.
0: And then uh, she says that the North Korea's Communist Party was founded on 1010. So, uh, I guess they're trying to steal uh, our thunder by showing off missiles. That's a very tumultuous day in history. <laughs> I didn't know we shared this with North Korea.
1: No idea. I guess I guess it makes a little more sense that it was labeled as
0: just a little bit more sense. This is interesting. So, they would have founded... Um, wait, this how's this all possible? I'm so confused here. But I will say that what is very interesting is the Republic of China, when it was founded, was probably much closer to um the koreas um i guess only one korea at the time yeah uh although my korean history not so great but it's much closer right than, than taipei is i don't know you this is on you man you know what this is my cue this is my cue to play some more music and get out of here <laughs> Okay, we've got uh, two fun last stories. We've got about three minutes to do them in. So a minute and a half each. All right. Um, This is a test of Leslie's abilities. We're going to start off with a long, long rainbow. And by long, I don't mean distance long. I mean like a long amount of time. Um, I'm going to pop a little link down into our thread below, and you want to start telling people about it? I'll look Um, for a picture.
1: It's a three-hour rainbow, and I think this isn't the first time it's happened, actually. I remember last year, I was talking about a long rainbow, too, uh, also on here in Taiwan, and they say that Taiwan um, has optimal conditions for rainbow making. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's the right combination of wind, water vapor, and sunlight, and a lot of science that I don't understand. And uh, they said there was a, <laughs> a a rainbow this morning at seven ten in the morning, and it lasted all the way until ten in the morning as well. Which is I, how long? How's the wait?
0: Ten in the morning to ten? Is that twenty? Wait, 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 seven, thought,
1: seven in the morning to ten in the morning.
0: I thought it was. Oh, okay. So like three. So hours. over three hours. Over three hours. Okay.
1: Yeah, and um, the nice thing is this rainbow was caught on a webcam. I think the China, the, the National Cultural University. The Chinese Culture University, which is, they have a big, like, weather department, and they're the ones always being, like, pushing. I think they also have, like, a rainbow forecasting system. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, they're just, like, there's... A rainbow forecasting They do, system. they do. I like, love it's, that. It's not insane. I'm not being crazy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that was a three-hour rainbow. And the longest one was from on November 30th, 2017. It lasted Eight hours and 58 minutes. Oh, that was in the UK, though.
0: Whoa. Yeah,
1: there was a long one in Taiwan, I think, last year. I can't remember when, but...
0: Okay. do you want to see a picture? I'm just going to show you a little picky poo of this rainbow. This is uh, courtesy of the folks at the uh, Chinese Culture University. Mm-hmm. Uh, they posted it on, uh, I guess, their interwebs. Um, I, don't, I tried to look at it, but it was not available to the public. So, some journalists had some nice... Uh, access to that. But cool looking though, right? That's yeah. that's the actually the buildings of Chinese Culture How University. am I doing on time, so, Andrew? You're doing good. You got about another minute.
1: Okay. So, imagine that you're a guy just fishing and then you find a really pretty rock and then you go, ooh, pretty <laughs> rock. You take it home. It's about four kilograms. This is what this guy did. And then his friend saw it and he was like, you should probably get that tested because that looks valuable. Wait, wait. Can
0: I show a picture? Yeah. I, I don't know why his friend thought this would be valuable. He says,
1: that looks valuable. And then he went to go get it tested and it's something called uh, amber... Hold on, let me find Amber Gris is what it's called. And it's apparently very, very valuable. The rock that came in was is worth six million New Taiwan dollars, which is two hundred ten thousand U.S. dollars. And this stuff goes up for about fifty thousand U.S. dollars a kilo because it's used in perfume. But get this, it's <laughs> called it's sometimes called whale vomit or floating gold because what it, are you talking about? it gets formed in the <laughs> in a sperm whale's intestine. Like I'm, I'm not making this stuff up. Oh well. my goodness! And this is the kind of thing that I could really do without. But oh. No. you know i should i should have just
0: stopped at ooh pretty rock six million new taiwan dollars i shouldn't have looked into this That's anymore amazing well thank you so much for joining us we also want to thank joe chakravarti for tuning in from india for Feast feasting test i'm andrew i'm sorry for here in taiwan oh, i Andrew you Ryan. do that too often and for <laughs> here
1: in taiwan i'm leslie liao Hello and welcome to Hashtag Taiwan, I'm your host, Leslie Liao, thank you so much for joining me. Now, this past week was Double Ten Day, which is also the Republic of China's National Day. Every year, the government plans a huge ceremony to celebrate the holiday. This involves an entire committee headed by the legislative speaker that's in charge of planning the entire celebration. Aside from booking acts and performances, they also have to decide on a theme, a logo, and a color scheme. When the preparatory committee first unveiled the theme, logo, and a color scheme, I couldn't help but wonder how they came to decide on the colors that they did. So I did a little bit of research and I found the answers on their Facebook page, which is the topic of this week's Hashtag Taiwan. This week on Hashtag Taiwan, I want to talk to you about Taiwan's 109th National Day. Taiwan's National Day takes place on October 10th. There's an entire government committee headed by the legislative speaker that plans the National Day celebrations. Each year, Taiwan's National Day has a theme, a logo, and a color scheme. This year's theme is Proud of Taiwan. The logo is usually some variation on two Chinese characters for 10 put together because, you know, double 10 day. Looking at last year's National Day, the theme was Taiwan Forward, and the color scheme that year was green, purple, and white. Again, Double Ten logo. This year's color scheme is purple, gold, green, and orange. The National Day committee says that gold stands for pride and orange represents hope. And when I heard that, I couldn't help but think, (laughs) alright, who decided that? But if you scroll through the planning committee's Facebook page, you'll see that they thought these colors through thoroughly. They spend an ample amount of words explaining why they chose the colors they did and attach pictures with similar palettes to get their point across. They even include a Pantone code for each color, which is about as specific as you can get. Let me break it down for you. Let's start with the purple, Pantone 2725C. This color represents stability and nobility. Purple in 2020 represents the Taiwan Can Help movement, the country's unwavering commitment to helping the world get past the COVID-19 pandemic. Purple is the coral in Taiwan's oceans and the country's dedication to preserving its aquatic ecosystems. It's the last color of the rainbow and a symbol of Taiwan's commitment to same-sex marriage. Finally, purple pays homage to Taiwan's floral beauty. Next, gold. Pantone 873C. This color represents pride and Taiwan's land. Gold in 2020 represents the dirt on a baseball player's jersey because Taiwan was the first country in the world to resume professional baseball amid the pandemic. It represents the country's many magnificent temples and the protective spirits that have watched over the population during this trying time. Gold represents the bond that Taiwanese people have with the land and with each other. Finally, it represents the population's collection willingness to come together to beat COVID-19 by exercising good prevention. Next up, green, Pantone 929C. This color represents calmness and rationality. Green is the color of a stimulus voucher, which was designed to bolster Taiwan's economy in its time of need. It's also a common color found on the cleaning products we use to keep Taiwan free of the coronavirus. Green represents our collective flight through hardship as we navigate a turbulent world. Finally, it represents a return to normalcy, much like the subtle notes of sweetness found at the end of a sip of tea. Lastly, let's take a look at orange, Pantone 804C. Orange stands for sunlight and hope. Orange is the color of home. No matter where we come from, as long as we live on this island, we're family. It's the color of diligence and the strong work ethic of the Taiwanese people. Orange is the color of loyalty as we steadfastly protect this country. Finally, orange is the color of opportunity. Much like the sunlight that illuminates our day, opportunity is fleeting, and we must take advantage of it before it's gone. I have to be honest with you, when I heard they chose gold to represent pride, I thought they pulled that out of a hat. But as far as explanations go, I'm sold. Happy National Day, you guys. And that just about does it for this week's Hashtag Taiwan. Don't forget, if you guys have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can always find our inbox at our Facebook pages. It's facebook.com slash Radio Taiwan International or facebook.com slash Taiwan Insider. And if you're a fan of Hashtag Taiwan, I do suggest you check out our weekly show, Taiwan Insider. All of our clips are on our YouTube page, or they're on our Facebook as well, so go ahead and give them a look if you're feeling hashtag deficient throughout the rest of the week. Anyway guys, I'll talk to you again soon.
0: This is, this is status update. update.
2: Welcome to Status Update. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. We're going to be getting to your letters, letters you read us to let us know what programs you listened to in the past week and what you think about them, anything we need to improve, anything we can do better, or that we should do without. I don't know. <laughs> but, before we, <laughs> but before we do that, though, we're going to update our own personal status a little bit here before we get to your letters. So, well... John, you are a genius in languages. You know, know that's all I can say about you. You are. You've <laughs> learned uh ever since I've known you. I've known you how many years now?
3: Um, how many years has it been? Let yeah, me see. that would be twenty thirteen. I want to say really. So, like yeah, I came here in twenty thirteen. So that's fourteen, fourteen, sixteen, seventeen, twenty. So seven? seven years. Yeah.
2: Okay, that's about right. So um, you know uh. When I first know you, you said you were teaching yourself Taiwanese. I think it was. Then it was Hakka. Then those there two was never got else. very far, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, you already. You, I'm sure you can speak perfectly in Taiwanese now. I mean, not you can really. still communicate in Hakka with the Hakka service, right?
3: Oh, greetings.
2: <laughs> greetings. Oh no, you've been too humble. I'm sure you can do more than that. There was something else, wasn't it, before you got to Vietnamese and now Cambodian? Yes.
3: Um, well. I love Southeast Asia. I love traveling through there. Uh, Definitely. Covid has kind of scrapped some of that, but I did get a little trip in earlier in the year. Right. Um, and uh, I love it so much that I decided to start learning. And, right. Uh, yeah, uh, and? I've been doing Vietnamese for a bit over a year now, a year and a half. Maybe.
2: Has it been? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. To the point where you got interviewed in Vietnamese. This is amazing.
3: Well. So, not really. <laughs> it was embarrassing more than amazing. But, no. um, um, well, the, the Vietnamese, one of our Vietnamese language hosts heard about that I was taking lessons and said hmm. she was doing, because uh, they're online. It's through, you know, the Internet okay. uh, with a teacher and who's there in Vietnam. And oh, we, once a oh, week really? we, have, we spend oh, an hour okay. once a week together. And, uh-huh. um, and I listen to a lot of stuff. On my own, too. Oh, and my goodness. So uh, she wanted to know, because she's doing a series of programs about learning online, is what I understood. Oh, okay. So okay. she wanted to know about my experience doing that, and uh, I tried. It was a valiant effort. <laughs>
2: oh, but it was a good try. You know, the thing is that, um, I think it was like 14-minute long interview, and I tried to tune in and listen. And She
3: edited out my worst
2: the parts oh. where I didn't know what was going yeah. on. I, okay.
3: I could understand what she was saying, but it's not uh-huh. like I could express myself yeah. very well. But,
2: but um, you know, it was funny because it was when funny. she was doing an introduction in the beginning, like introducing you, which I'm assuming was introducing you. And I was trying to figure out where she actually said John or a, a, some sort of form of John Ventriest. You know what I mean? She didn't and actually was, say that.
3: She referred to me b- by my Chinese nickname.
2: Oh, is that right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> but in, in, in Vietnamese pronunciation, if you heard gung, that's me. Gung. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, my goodness. In Chinese, it's a chiang." Right. Chang and just, gung.
3: It becomes gung if you read the...
2: Uh, and it just becomes just one tone. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. All right. So, it was just really interesting. I was trying to figure out. It was... I couldn't. It wasn't similar to any of the languages I know of. You it's know? actually
3: really similar to Chinese, and that's a big really? help. That's a big help.
2: Are you serious? Which form of Chinese language?
3: Um, A lot of... No, like, uh, a lot of it's even Mandarin. Mandarin? You could, a few things. It's closer to Taiwanese and Cantonese, but... Um, That's
2: it. I figured there were some tones was that sounded very Taiwanese. A lot of
3: words, of, because uh, Vietnam was ruled by China for a thousand years, and it okay. was a big cultural uh, influence huh. as well, even when it wasn't in charge. So, okay. they, there's a lot of words have been borrowed, and that makes a lot of things... Like, if I were to say the word for advertisement, yeah. you could understand that.
2: Oh, guang gao. Right. See? Uh, <laughs> okay. This is so cool. It's so cool. Um, Is it considered a fast language? Because you guys talk really fast, especially her. <laughs> like, she slowed down a lot for me, really? for my sake. Yes. Oh, can you imagine? That was fast for me. So I couldn't. Yeah. Sometimes I hear like two people carry conversation in Vietnamese. It's like so fast. You know, it's like. Clap, 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 you know, I don't know. It's amazing. Isn't it amazing about languages, period? I
3: just think that they're fun to challenge yourself to because... They seem so alien at first, like you could never make sense of it. And then when not only do you start to make sense of it, but you find that people can understand you, mm, people wow. who you never thought would ever understand you. Uh, that's a great feeling. It's like you've conquered a mountain. It's it's really wonderful. And you've conquered so many mountains, John. I've, well, <laughs> I've started up a few. <laughs> uh,
2: so why Cambodian? Now, you've already been to Cambodia, right?
3: So that's my next project. I'm doing them both at the same time. Wait a minute. All, Again, with a teacher online, a different Okay, teacher.
2: but have you been to Cambodia yet? So
3: that's where that I was like the last flight out before they closed the borders because of oh, COVID. Right,
2: right. Um, oh, okay, that wow. was
3: really something. Um, Taiwan, I love. Mm. Uh, there are some things we don't have though, like ancient temples and that sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. like really, really ancient, ancient ones. We have okay. old temples. Yeah, but, we do. And like a lot monumental stuff. You gotta, yeah. It, it was really great. Um, and since I can't go anywhere, I've bought a lot of travel books. And I've just been like, read to places yeah. I'll never go probably. But I'm just reading them just to for the fun of it.
2: In English? Yeah, reading yeah. reading about them in English? Yeah, okay.
3: um, especially in Southeast Asia. Um,
2: so is Cambodia very different from Vietnam? I've, quite been, I've not been to either of these places.
3: I'd say, yeah, it is. Really? It feels different.
2: Oh, because they're so close to they're each other. They're next to each other. Thought, but, yeah, I thought um, that they would be a lot of... Huh, yeah. that's
3: amazing. Uh, so I'm hoping to go back, but since I can't, that's what I've been doing. Okay, like,
2: so learn the language. Just,
3: you need something to <laughs> occupy yourself. We're not like in lockdown, but, you know.
2: But other countries are in lockdown, and other Right, you can't go anywhere. Are, and, yeah. And so.
3: since we've been busy with... And you
2: don't want to risk it,
3: you know. No, no, I, well, you'd be stuck in quarantine when you came back, too. Oh, no. So, um, well, so, I mean, and, you know, you could do domestic traveling, but um, yeah. I would need a bunny sitter and... <laughs> Yes. And it would be... Well, we've had a lot of uh, weekends when we've been in the office lately, too. So, I haven't been able to get mm-hmm. out anywhere. That's so what would, I'm doing. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, would you happen to know... Of course, we have a lot of Vietnamese restaurants here. Yeah. Tons. Some and good I ones. I love Vietnamese Some dude. really good ones, too. Yeah. You know, that that tenji you know, um, that they use uh, limes and all that. I, I like that, you know. And the spice is not too spicy. Not the kind of spicy that I can't take, so and um i don't know about cambodian food though very but, different uh,
3: very different huh my impression well we mostly ate at places that catered to tourists from taiwan or uh, well they're mostly usually from from china but there was no one there because of covid um, right we were like the only ones there <laughs> it was deserted um but at these restaurants but the, the, the little bit of cambodian food i got to have was very sweet oh very okay. sweet and i was sweet. told by the our tour guide who's a local that sweetness is a that's a thing. I can't. Don't don't quote me on that. I've only been there once, but. Yeah. Um, wow. So it's
2: probably comparable to Thailand food here that in Taiwan. It was very,
3: very sweet. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, I say we get to the letters. So we always love to hear from you just what programs you listen to and what you think about our programs. So write us if you're someone with pen and, you know, better off with pen and paper. Our uh, address is PO Box 123 199 Taipei, Taiwan. Our email
3: address is rti at rti.org.tw if you'd prefer. And you can always find us on Facebook and YouTube too. We look forward to reading your comments.
2: All right, I've got a letter here from uh, Andre Kutsnesov of Latvia. And it says here Dear friends from RGI English Service, I sent you attention reception report of your shortwave transmission. And uh, he listened in, uh, let me see here, September 12th. Well, it's a while ago, but uh, yeah, we just got this email. He listened to Curious John, uh, uh, a segment, a report about the Ghost Month traditions, and interviewed the director of an organization. Okay. Um, he listened in, oh, by the way, uh, at frequency 9405 kilohertz. Simple radio was pretty weak. 23432. Oh, dear. Yeah. And um, he also listened in on another day, Uh, we jumped to October 5th, and um, so he listened on that day, he heard the news read by Paula Chow, Um, oh no, this was uh, for September 24th, sorry, and then he heard Here in Taiwan, it was just with you and and, uh, Kat, John. Yeah, uh, you and Cat, and then hashtag Taiwan segment, and also report about uh, emergency season and National Disaster Prevention Day in Taiwan, and then my program in the spotlight where I interviewed a strategic design expert program. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to recall who that could have been. Anyway, thank you so much. Oh, and the signal rating was not, well, it's a teeny bit better, 33433 at 9405 kilohertz. Thank you so much for the details, and I hope that you do get a better transmission next time. But that was uh, Andrew Kutchnosov of Latvia. We go over now to the UK, where Alan
3: Rowe is writing to us. It says here... Hello to the English service of RTI. I have just submitted a reception report via your online form, but it did not include space for general comments, so I would like to add a few comments here. I listened to the program at 1600 UTC, actually from about 1620 UTC when I tuned in, on September 23, 2020 on 9405 kHz. I'm very happy to hear RTI in English today. Usually, reception is too poor here in the UK to be able to listen to your station comfortably. It would be great if one day you could once again broadcast in English from a relay site like you do for your German service, for example. Anyway, the reason that I wanted to write was to say how much I enjoyed today's edition of Just the Classics, presented this week by Catherine Way. It was a lovely program with some nice tunes and some nice, almost intimate stories by our presenter and her parents and grandparents, described as a love letter, and yes, it was. The program was also a nice relaxing antidote to the ever-ongoing news and events that are dominated by the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. I hope to be able to listen to this program again when i I can on shortwave and look forward to hopefully hearing more of these presented by Catherine. I'm sorry, oh, to,
2: sorry. to
3: present. Well, I'm not sure if, if uh, Alan Rose heard the news. Uh, Catherine has mm. moved on to other pastures. Uh, yes. She's no longer with us at RTI. A yeah, very short sad. but memorable yes, stint. Short. Yeah, right. In the meantime, I hope that everyone at RTI is safe and well in these strange times. And
2: I'll end by saying thank you once again. Best wishes, Alan Rowe. All right. I've got here uh, an email from Sunil Deep of India. And it says here, here's a mail from your old friend in India. I'm sending two reception reports for August and September. Um, The daily report of COVID-19, the total number of patients so far is very low compared to the giant figures of other countries, including my country, who are all still fighting against the pandemic. This clearly indicates that people are moving on the right line in tune with the orders of, author- of authorities and complying the instructions of health authorities properly. My hearty congratulations on the great work saving the people. Um, this will certainly pave the way to reach the safest position in future. Uh, your country and Vietnam are models to the world and you should assist other countries too. Oh, yep, yeah, we are. That's why we have to, uh, the term Taiwan can help. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Um, by giving various solutions on how you're recovering the affected patients by adopting various methods. As far as my country is concerned, the affected patients are still on the increase and we are strictly following the instructions of health authorities to eradicate the virus. As per the report of my place, Calicut, in Kerala State, the average number of virus spreading each day is 1,000 on an average basis, and we are following strict orders by authorities. My suitable time to listen to RTI is at 0300 uh, UTC on 15320 kilo- kilohertz. He, um, the Listener Participant Program, Status Update, is also a superb program. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> With all ingredients to the listeners presented in a friendly manner. Kudos to the host, Shirley and John Van <laughs> Just the Classics and uh, Classic Shorts are very interesting programs, too. Um, okay, he has a question for us. He says, okay. due to global warming, is there changes in the climate in your country? Oh, you know, I've been observing for maybe the last, last five, six years, and each summer it's been getting hotter by one or two degrees i'm mm. serious really i'm serious and the winter um i think the past winter has gone a little bit warmer otherwise for past some winters, like two or three years ago, it was, chilly. it was really chilly because we have very high humidity here. Yes. So it gets very chilly and we don't have heaters here. Even
3: if the mercury isn't especially low, you just mm-hmm. feel damp all the yeah, way through. Yeah, just like, it's, yeah, chilled to the bones. That's a, a really good way of describing <laughs> the feeling.
2: Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so very much. And that was again, that was against the New Deep of India. We've
3: got a letter here from another Alan in the UK, a different person, mm-hmm. Alan Holder this time. This is, that letter is dated September 27th. It says, Dear Shirley John and RTI English staff, I am in good health and hope that everyone at the station is well and will remain so for as long as this pandemic is with us. The summer in the UK is now over with a sudden change from warm, calm days to a more autumnal feel with wind and heavy showers. I've been listening to RTI quite regularly over the past few months since I last wrote to you. Actually, I had been meaning to write to write a few weeks ago when you mentioned your office redecoration and you asked listeners if they could come up with ideas of themes for painting on the walls. I gave quite some thought to this but could not really think of anything. However, the other day it struck me that the Chinese character for English, Ying, looks like a man wearing a hat. Therefore, <laughs> why not create a wall mural with large Chinese characters, Ying Wenxi, uh... We call ourselves 英语主 or
2: 英语组, right. right. Yeah. Uh,
3: English department, it's the right. same thing. Yeah, it's the same. Um, that's just the, how it's officially written here right. on our wall, uh, on, our, on our fancy sign. <laughs> uh, at its center, surrounded by pictures of traditional hats from the main English-speaking countries. The hats could be painted on, or more easily, pictures of them could all be found on the internet, enlarged, printed, and stuck on the wall. You can include the following, England, bowler... U.S., Stetson, Canada, Mountie Hat, Australia, Bush Hat with Quirks, New Zealand, Lemon Squeezer Military Hat, South Africa, Safari Hat, Scotland, Tartan Beret, Ireland, Paddy Cap, and Wales, a Welsh hat similar to a top hat. I think that's worn by women, though, traditionally.
2: Oh, really? Um, okay. Okay.
3: Each hat could be accompanied, I I love this This idea, by a small picture of the corresponding country flag. It's just an idea of mine, maybe a bit silly and not very practical. Sorry, I could not come up with other suggestions. Perhaps it's too late and you have now completed the redecoration. Well, we've painted. Yes. um, We talked about that, I think, last time. Mm -hmm. And we have some little chalkboard-like spaces where we can leave notes to each other as well. Yes,
2: or draw some stuff. We've put up some
3: posters and a Taiwan Insider logo. Mm-hmm. Or so that we can take pictures well we can do some, do live, some streaming live streaming maybe in the future yeah. by our our fancy sofa, sofa. <laughs> but no nothing really much on the walls besides some posters yeah that's right. a well we'll We'll see how 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 good our printers are, I we'll guess. We'll bring
2: it up with our colleagues.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have enjoyed listening to your programs as usual. Some of the more interesting include Ear to the Ground. It was good to hear about the super fast elevator in the Taipei 101 building. The idea of traveling in an elevator at such speed would make me feel quite uneasy, I think. Uh, you don't feel it. It doesn't feel like it's moving. Well,
2: my, my ear kind of pops. That's so. it, though. Yeah. It really doesn't
3: have a feeling, you can't tell how quickly you're moving. It's like being inside a bullet train. Yeah. Um, Taiwan Explained recently reported on the persistent invasion of Taiwan's airspace by Chinese warplanes. This continued activity is a constant reminder that the PRC refuses to accept Taiwan as a separate country, and is simply a form of harassment which is totally unacceptable. I enjoyed listening to an episode of Curious John, which featured an interesting account of Taiwanese opera and its origin as an entertainment by the farming community. I always like to know more about the history of your country, and it's nice to hear John present the story of the life of Wang Dalu Lu and the museum dedicated to him in the town of Taipao. As for music, I have to say I greatly miss Carlson Wang. He was a regular on RTI for so many years and it is hard to accept that he has left the station. He's still here. Yeah,
2: he's still here. He's a he's manager. Still still, right. he, does, he does
3: on the line as well.
2: Yeah, uh, Yeah. he still has one show and that's uh, on the line. But...
3: Happily, listeners are still well catered for by your other music shows. This week on Just the Classics, Catherine Wei presented a lovely program of traditional songs which were favorites of her grandparents. A very nice selection of melodies indeed. That's all for today. Until next time, best regards from Alan Holder.
2: All right. Well, thank you so much for all your letters. And we want to continue to hear from you. So do keep them coming. Our address is PO Box 123 199 Taipei, Taiwan.
3: Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And if you'd like to, uh, please do remember to check out our Facebook page and our YouTube channel and leave us some comments there too.
2: That's right. Until next week, I'm Shirley Lin. I'm
3: John Van Trieste.
2: Goodbye. Bye for now. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. (laughs) In Southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kilohertz. Again, that's in Southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kilohertz.